Hey guys, welcome back to the 429 Podcast. I'm 2. I'm 9. And I'm 4. And this is TechCast Episode 8. Guys, it's been 8 weeks we've been doing TechCast. How you guys feeling? I mean, I, I really love TechCast. Uh-huh. This is, look forward to this every week, you know? Get my, my daily week of tech news and, you know, only got to worry about it once every 3 weeks. And then you guys give me the, give me the <laughs> rundown for the other 2 weeks. But let's be real. Let's be real, though. Tech news doesn't does never cease to amazes me. It's been insane. There's so many crazy stories this week. So let's dive straight into it, right? Let's. Yeah. We'll start off with we'll start off with something that pays homage a little bit to uh, two episodes ago that we recorded called uh, "Future of VR." But this was more on the AR side. So the first thing I want to show you guys was the Washington D.C. Metro passes, right? now actually display the whole metro map in ar if you show it with your phone or with smart glasses that's dope that's this is really actually bad. this is actually really cool so as a new yorker you know i've taken the subway multiple times i've seen all the rats and everything but like this is actually really cool because like you can now access the map at any point any time in real ar life right so how are you guys feeling about this one uh, I, I actually I actually seen uh, this video uh, a f- I think a few days ago when this was posted and I thought it was a concept kind of piece or like oh what this is a cool idea the metro should do I didn't think it was an actual thing like they implemented already like that's really amazing that's awesome that is really cool I gotta tell you like this reminds me you guys remember when we were at f8 a couple of years ago and yeah, they yeah. Had those uh, like the the AR badges and stuff. Like, well, that worked that worked for you guys. I was sitting here on my iPhone six. All right. So yeah, I didn't you have were. Much. <laughs> he was outdated. He was outdated. Reminds me of that, and maybe that's because like that's my only real like other AR experience that I like have, just because it's not that popular yet. But I mean, it's kind of cool. It's pretty dope. I, I like that it's like AR, but it's not like crammed in AR. It's not like exactly. something. It's not like forced. Like it's like it's like I guess. It's like a natural progression of where this should have went. Yeah, it's like it's like if you people don't have AR, like like two who have his iPhone six back in the day, he wouldn't it wouldn't affect them. But people who do have like the iPhone ten or eleven or twelve and have the AR capabilities, it just adds a benefit. Doesn't it doesn't hinder anyone? That's Mm -hmm. that's the best thing of everything. So yeah, so I thought that was really dope. And New York's coming out. New York's coming out with their own Metro cards soon, right? The Omni cards. So. Mm I hope I hope to see these and definitely in places like London and around the world where they already have these systems in place. I would love to see them upgrade the system you know, and the, actually like take advantage of it. The world's gonna be like a video game, you know, where like you play a lot of the, like Watch like, Dogs. Yeah, like Watch Dogs. I was thinking like <laughs> I was thinking like uh, not Watch Dogs, but The Division. I don't know if you guys ever played The Division, Tom Clancy Division. Mm-hmm. They have they have what I consider one of the best map UIs, where like you look down at your character looks on the floor and it does like a three D AR map <laughs> of where you are. Wow, with, like holograms and stuff. We're getting there. We're basically getting there. We're gonna just We're look at the train well, and like you can see in real time where you are. You know, the weirdest thing about this to me is like, you know, these are metro passes. Like, I don't think I've ever really seen AR used like commercially before, like with like actual purpose like this. You know, usually it's just for like video games or for like kind of like, you know, or, like I don't furniture know, placement stuff, stuff. Right? It's yeah, really, it's more yeah. Than it is like actual useful. This is one of the first like actual like informational uses of AR that I've seen and it's backwards to me because this is you know a public a public agency it's the Metro Pass public- right this is right public- yeah exactly this, this, this is yeah. public so this I, is- I think the fact that this is like a public agency freaks me out more cuz I think the other time you could think of a like feature for AR would be like Amazon's AR yeah. thing 
which is like really useful when you're like doing like furniture or IKEA's AR has a really good AR feature too to like test out furniture sizes in your yep. in your apartment and stuff. But those are like private companies that you know stuff like that. This is like a, like you said a public agency. So that's let's be real. This is probably an intern project, all right? They probably right. just threw him this thing. Well, and they just took give off. an intern Dude, a no return joke. offer. No <laughs> joke. It's probably like someone just picked it up. Was like I kind of work. I, I kind of want to work with AR. What can I build real quick? And then like <laughs> one little prototype that like the right person happened to be in the right place and seen it and was like that's it we're doing it like i imagine one of the co-workers look over his screen well that's that's kind of dope <laughs> <laughs> all right but let's keep moving let's keep moving so one of the big news topics i have is not that big compared to the rest of this week which is surprising because there were a lot of big stories but oracle has won oh, the right. tiktok bid so we've been talking week after week after the underdog week, right and oracle has come o- come along with this tiktok win but it's Different than what we all expected. So TikTok is not actually being acquired here, which is what the assumption was under mm-hmm. President Trump's, you know, stipulations, right? Those my assumptions. That's right. That's what everyone was pretty much assuming. Yeah, that's and how you it is. Oracle and TikTok are actually performing a partnership. And I looked into the details of this partnership, and it's really that TikTok is just going to be using Oracle's cloud. So instead of Oracle using Microsoft Azure or Amazon AWS, They'll be using the Oracle cloud to just have all their data stored within the United States. So that that's really, why they pick Oracle then. And that's really the only partnership they really have. There's really nothing else going on besides that, which yeah. makes this is that, an interesting debate. How exactly does that work? Because I know I read a, I, I did read a different article stating that you know TikTok was refusing to give over their um, like code and whatnot, and was mm-hmm. saying that any mm-hmm. US operations were going to have to rebuild their algorithms from scratch. Now, yeah. If they're not, if they're just partnering with Oracle, I guess, right? Like, how, why, mm-hmm. why is it exactly like that, right? Because I assume TikTok is probably using some type of cloud provider in China, right? That's probably exactly. going to be similar to Oracle's cloud service. So, I mean, if they're not risking giving it to a competitor, why are they being so secretive with the stuff? And you know, so now it's just really, it's just about the data at this point, uh, really for. So it's like. The data is just going to be stored locally within the United States for U.S.-based consumers and China everywhere else, right? So it's sort of similar to, if you want to think about it, in comparison to the GDPR, where, you know, Google, Apple, these companies were forced to keep European data in Europe. So that's sort of what, you know, President Trump forced TikTok's hand to do in the United States was to keep america americans data in america you know and so that's why they chose to go with Oracle. i think i think that this is probably a good enough solution for me right like i, I, I want to think about the end goal here right what was the end goal it was to prevent the chinese government from getting their hands on united states data right u.s citizens data and uh-huh. it was to save and prevent things like you know espionage and all these different risk factors that came in with china having full access to tiktok's data if they wanted it um and with all of the services being hosted and ran through Oracle, all of the data being hosted, you know, on Oracle servers in the United States, most of the phones, unless you, I guess, travel, you know, internationally, whatever, but most of the United States citizens' phones will be connected to in a United States infrastructure, right? The U.S. government has eyes now, right? Security researchers will decide if TikTok is sending any da- any data directly from your device to China. Oracle and the U.S. government can monitor, you know, servers and, and figure out, hey, where's all this data going? Is China getting any data back and forth, right? Like, there's more they can do now to be preventative, to be active in making sure that the data is safe and secure. So, I mean, in, in my opinion, this solves, this, this, this is a solution. It fixes the problem that they had, that everyone had with it. 
And I mean, I think this is sufficient. I mean, what do you guys think? It's to be determined. Just because, you know, TikTok's been a little shady, you know, with the stuff they've done in the past, the uh, ad tracking and everything they've been doing and the data sucking. Yeah. So I want to see it in action before I actually make a decision here. But it's a, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, well, here's the thing, right? Like, of course, you, you, you'd want to see it in action, but it's, it's, so, it's, so, it's so simple, right? Because, I mean, Oracle has full view of where the, of where the connections are inbound and outbound from. Like, they have full view. So, I mean, if all of a sudden a lot of data is getting written to different places and they can see, hey, it's coming from our TikTok places, you know, and it's like, doesn't look like normal user data. You know, everything has different patterns it's going to follow in terms of access and whatnot. So, I mean, I think it would be very easy for Oracle to detect whether or not data is being siphoned and sent somewhere it's not supposed to be. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it could be that they, 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 I mean, it's definitely nice to have more eyes, as you said, the government having American government have more eyes on American data. And I think it is a step in the right direction. What I fear is, uh, like they're trying to really keep the algorithm and most of the code a secret, right? So it's a very high level view Oracle is going to have, not nothing very in depth. Well, um, this is breaking news. Sorry to interrupt nine, but related to TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Rumors are having it right now that Kevin Systrom will actually possibly become the next CEO of TikTok. Oh, man. So if you guys don't know who Kevin Systrom is, he's the co-founder and former CEO of Instagram. Oh. Right? So this is actually a big, big play, considering their former CEO of TikTok was um, chief of operations for Disney Parks. Yep. And now you're actually getting a social media, I would say, pioneer to come and oh, lead yeah. another social media platform. Yep. This could be very, very good and big for TikTok. TikTok may actually become the first second major Chinese social media platform out there next to WeChat. So this is just something I think, I think something, I think TikTok's uh, going to be a major player to play with coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's definitely, they definitely have uh, done a lot of the right moves. They grabbed a lot of, I think this generation's, they're definitely this generation's uh, social Vine. media. <laughs> yeah. Not even Vine, just in social media in general. They they definitely put their foot in, in that field market and submit us, uh, you know, solidify themselves in that regard. Uh, I'm not well, sure. We... I'm not sure this Oracle deal uh, fixes all the issues that were brought up. But like two said, I think it's a step in the right direction. I, I worried that, um, like I said, the algorithms um, are still remain hidden. A lot of the data pass-throughs we can see, but just because we see it, one connection go into another doesn't mean that a further connection can be made or back doors are being installed or, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, I, we, I have to see it. I can't make any assumptions that I do not know. But moving forward, let's hit the next story for this week. This is a funny one. I don't know if you guys saw this, but United States Customs and Border Patrol actually stopped one plus buds from coming into the United States because they look like counterfeit AirPods. <laughs> So this Damn. was actually really funny, and OnePlus and the United States Customs and Border Patrol actually had a little Twitter spat going back and forth, going like, hey, no, that's our product. Like, we have people who are waiting to get it. Yeah, and- yeah, sure, sure. Uh, uh, where'd you uh, get these counterfeits, huh? huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's basically the response the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol <laughs> gave. And uh, the funny part is U.S. Customs and Border Patrol actually sent uh, OnePlus a memo saying that, hey, 
you guys have to fill out this paperwork if you want to claim your items back that you shipped, considering we caught it as counter-fraud. But this isn't just a small shipment here, right? This is 2,000 uh, OnePlus uh, buds that they claimed were counterfeit AirPods. So it's going to be really, really funny to see what That's happens. My, this. my favorite initial reaction to this when I first saw this news break was, I don't know what article it was, but this one article placed the value of it, right? Like how much... Mm -hmm. Of worth this thing is yeah but, but he he compared the value to it if there were airpods airpods right yeah <laughs> I, I, I just it just stung even more to one plus when i thought about it because they're like they're making them say that they could have been worth more if there were airpods and they're just saying because they're not they're they're worthless basically and being a new yorker you know i didn't want it to be the first thing i saw that i was like please don't be jfk please don't be jfk please don't be jfk and it was JFK Airport, like, so it's. Yeah. I gotta tell you, these don't even look that much like AirPods. Like they're clearly different. I mean, I I have AirPods. Like the pod is in the correct shape. They have different features on the actual buds themselves. Well, that's what they like, said. That's what they said. They're counterfeit. They're, they're like they're, they didn't say they're good counterfeits. If it doesn't if it doesn't say AirPod on it somewhere. Oh, it said they, one plus buds on it. But those doesn't say AirPod. If it doesn't, say, if it, if it doesn't look like AirPods, like it's like, if it doesn't, well, like, you, how, how you could use those? You could argue that you know maybe they were doing the remarketing in the country. You know that could also be a possibility. Just because it wasn't like you know listed as AirPods, doesn't mean that they're not going to be resell the counterfeit. Like, but what's really funny, it. but what was really funny was that Customs and Border Patrol were so happy when they caught this. They were like, "Haha, we stopped counterfeit thing going through." Worth a pat on the back, boys. Good job. Worth, worth about four hundred thousand U.S. dollars if these were real AirPods. Um, now we can prove. Now we can prove the TSA. Come on. <laughs> now we can prove the TSA actually does something. Wait, what? And then they they effed up. They effed up. <laughs> like, um, to be honest, right? I'm looking at this to be devil's advocate. I'm looking at this from someone who is. Uh, you gotta remember that the people who report these counterfeits, right? They're not, they're not really, techies. They're not techies, right? So, like, I can see why they make the mistake, right? And even if even if you want to say, oh, but they're not listed as AirPods, they're listed as OnePlus. Yeah, but, I mean, you can argue that, like, they're trying to, they're listing them as one, uh, OnePlus because... Pretty similar from... Yeah, they're, they're, they're basically, they're, they're trying to list it as another company because if you list something as AirPods and it looks that different, right, then that's a red flag. But if you list it as a different thing, right... You bring it to the country, then you change it to on AirPods once it's in the country, and that's how it, it makes sense if you think about it from like a, yeah. a smuggler so really, point of view. I really can't blame CBP here, right? They're just doing their jobs. I don't expect these guys to have like CS majors and degrees and super qualifications for this stuff, right? But like to the human eye, to just a non-tech person, I can't blame them for them looking at this going <laughs> like, oh no, that those here's, are bootleg here, AirPods. Here, here's the thing, okay? Like. Let's let, let me, let me look at this Twitter account. Where, where's OnePlus? OnePlus on Twitter has 445,000 followers. All they had to do was Google the name, and they would have found out, oh, this is a legit company. Like, they didn't even take the time to just Google it, though, right? Like, this is, this is my problem with it. It's not that they just mistook it, but it's like they didn't do any amount of research to determine whether or not they're actually fraudulent. Like, one Google would have clarified this in 30 seconds. You know, sometimes or, you don't get phone signal on the tarmac. Like, <laughs> or also you could say that you know, if these guys, if, if their mindset that these are you know counterfeits, right? 
they'll they'll print anything on the box to make it look legitimate. So they probably if even if they did Google, they're like, oh, it's one plus. It's a legit company. That's yeah, fake. Well, That's I mean, no way. Look, <laughs> at that point, what's the difference there? What if they would have gotten an actual shipment of AirPods? They look exactly like AirPods. Nothing would have stopped them from just saying, yeah. oh, those this might sounds, be counterfeit. This... We need to we need to take them. Like unless there's reason to believe they are counterfeit, I don't think that yeah. they should be. You know, well, this, this sounds more like it sounds like a more than error of like the shipment thing, because like if like you said, you, like you said, if they were expecting a shipment of one plus, someone should have known that, and they should have been, you know, cleared. So it sounds well, more like you know some some something terrible yeah, went well, in, in that. Why don't we move on? Let's get past this one. Uh, but let's keep going, right? So two more small stories before we hit the big three for this week, right? This one's a little close to my heart because I remember watching this actually go down. Microsoft's underwater data center has actually just resurfaced after a two-year bottom-of-the-ocean mission, right? Yeah. So the whole goal of Microsoft doing this was to have a remote data center underground, underwater, for obviously cooling reasons. And they actually filled every, uh, they actually filled the inside of the submarine with nitrogen. And there were no people on board. This was completely unmanned, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... What was so amazing about this is that within the data center itself, out of all the hard drives that were in there, I think there was something about close to a thousand hard drives for the server. Only eight hard drives actually failed over this two-year time span. Nice, nice. And this really starts to bring into the viability of remote data storage, right? So we all know about the physical locations. You know, Google has them all over the United States, and. Um, other companies have it all over, like on land. But this really expands the reach of data centers to actually have, hey, no, like, let's have my data center literally right underwater of where my headquarters is, right? Like, it seems to bring a whole lot of value. And if the if the data center is not acting up, because they did an experiment where Microsoft's physical data centers actually performed worse than this underwater data center, this could be the new move going forward. Interesting. It would definitely set a precedent. I definitely see a precedent being set, and it, it makes sense. The benefits of a remote that data center just sur- just far sur- uh, surpasses an in-house. You you lo- you you no longer have to have huge uh, what's it called land space for something like this. You have the cooling properties of the whole Earth, oceans, <laughs> cooling it off for you. Pumping in nitrogen, so you don't Pump even need people in there. Like nitrogen is less corrosive. It's a lot more efficient for your. Um, hard drives and everything, so I think it's a win all around. Yeah, it's a win, but there's definitely there's definitely concerns um, with the whole like, what if it, it fails, right? And then that's like a big hassle. But I think the more we work on it, and like oh, Microsoft's already taking steps on this, you know, and performing, iterating, and, and seeing what the issues and keep perf- taking out yeah. things. I think it's going to be oh, a huge. Like uh, such a low fail rate now, though, right? Like your SSDs, for the most part, it's very rare for them to fail unless there's some type of electrical problem. And, I mean, when you have a proper electrical setup, it's pretty rare if you're doing, you know, surge protection and stuff for, like, SSDs to fail. You know, you have a pretty much consistent time on exactly how many reads and writes you can perform before the drive is going to die. Like, that's set before you even, you know, before you even take ownership of it. You have an idea, a really good idea of exactly how long the drive is going to last. So, this would be more of a problem for me if you were using manual, like, actual hard disk drives. But a lot of storage is SSD now, and... I mean, it's becoming so cheap and so, you know, like, I guess, reliable. I don't know if, you know, failure is really on the top of their priority list even, even now. 
Yeah, it'll definitely be something to watch, right? Yeah. And this was Microsoft. This was Microsoft's R and D department heading this initiative, right? Mm-hmm. And they've always come up with the craziest and most amazing things. From, you know, a lot of Microsoft Azure was developed in there. This, as well as you know, their whole quantum computing language they're forming now too. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. But moving forward, right? Let's get into some video game territory. Microsoft 3D All Stars was released this week, and people are going nuts over it. Why they're going nuts? Let's just say this. It's the exact same game from when they came out. But now that people can enjoy it with modern consoles, modern systems legally, right, it's actually been a huge hit. So I want to hear, Nine, your opinion because you're the biggest Nintendo fan out of all of us here. So Mm -hmm. hit us with it. That's good. All right, cool. (laughs) Uh (laughs) It's just good. I mean, it's, it's, it's three games from my childhood bundled into one for $60. Maybe worth it, maybe not. I mean, is nostalgia worth it? Most likely, yes. And that's mm-hmm. it. Like, there's like, there's like, I can't even argue. Like, they they added like a bunch of new features. I mean, the most biggest feature they added was a snazzy new menu, main menu to like, and like the ability to play all the soundtracks from your Switch uh, while it's turned off. That's pretty much it. Everything else, pretty much, is the Nintendo way when they had no retro, untouched. Uh, pretty much remain as faithful to the original as, as possible. And that's it. Just maybe upscale the resolution a little bit, and that's it. Some of the textures are still the same resolutions from what I've seen, too. So, I mean, if you like even, like, two of these games, which you're probably going to. I mean, these are, like, classic. Like, these are basically, like, I will consider them the the top 10, definitely in the top 100 games of all time, uh, easily, with, like, Galaxy being up there and Sunshine being really up there. And in 64, just because it set a huge trend in just gaming in general during the during yeah. the time. Like, just buy it. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really happy with the whole limited time run. That's that's kind of like a, a bad, bad Nintendo move. But it's not the first time they've done limited time runs, and it's not going to be the last. So if you like, even if you don't think you like it, and... I, 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 and this is probably the first time I said, don't wait for a sale because it's not going to be a sale. Just get it. <laughs> just just get it and hope you have a copy. Like I will, hopefully soon. What, you mean this will be in the Epic Game Store? <laughs> uh, yeah, it will be actually. Oh, in the okay. year 2030,000. So, so that's, yeah. that's when I will get it and play for free, but I still won't have a PC by then. So all good in the hood there. Next story on the list. Now we're in our top three stories for this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. NVIDIA graphics cards 3080 were released today, and no one was able to buy them. <laughs> oh, I, I've been actually been following this closely. They were released at 9 a.m. I think it was Eastern Standard Time today. And um, by 9.01, they were completely sold out. So that tells you right there what happened. All I got to say, this week has been really bad for pre-orders and launches in general. I don't know if this is up in your list, too. But uh, don't spoil it. it. All right, all right. It, it's there. Oh, well, right. but yeah, this, this has been a really horrible week, I guess, as a consumer, if you think about it, because it's just been a total mess. Um, yeah. I don't know if you heard the, the heard the speculation behind this launch, mm-hmm. but one guy who he says he's a software engineer, he actually looked at the API. Apparently, this is this is his word, so um, it's not verified, but he looked at the API that connects to the shop front through the video. And he claims that the number of items 
didn't increase at all from the day before to the launch, which which basically kind of signals that they ha- they didn't actually actually like put it on sale. And, Interesting. And a lot of people are, are uh, you know, so there there are people who are saying, oh, but maybe it was already on their catalog like weeks before, right? But uh, a lot of people are, are also claiming like no one really got a purchase in, right? Uh, apparently, the only people who have a unit right now are reviewers, right? So like YouTubers and you know media perf- uh, people in the industry, right? Who can review it and stuff like that. Those are right now people the only people who have a copy of it. But from what I hear from the community, pretty much no one was able to put in their 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 order in. They pretty much got stuck at checkout, and then it no one got in. And usually you hear like maybe at one or two guys, even at the worst launches I've seen, being like, oh, I got mine, or I got mine in. I couldn't find a single person saying, like, I got mine. Like, everyone was pretty much unanimously like, I, I couldn't get one. I was there, like, day one, couldn't couldn't get one. And part of the outcry um, is pretty much that how poorly it was handled. And just pretty much uh, uh, the, a lot of the, the fear right now, right? I don't know if you guys are... I think four can attest to this, two probably not. But a lot of the fear with graphic cards is that their price jumps dramatically due to due to demand. Yep. And shortages does never amount to it. Well, I mean, I'm sure yeah. you guys saw what happened during the the crypto bubble a couple of years back, right? What what were graphics yeah. cards going for then? Could you ever graphic, buy a graphics card? At you couldn't buy a graphics no. card, and even if you could buy one, uh, and you for a lot of like our patient uh, gamers out there who like go to the used market, yep. you couldn't even do that anymore because these graphics cards were like Dead. running twenty four seven for like months and months on end. They were totally brought down to their knees, destroyed. Mm-hmm. So it, it completely crippled the graphics card. We have been slowly recovering since then. And this has been like the first, I guess, push to like back to the, I guess, what I consider affordability range with with this and the, especially with the 370 coming out later in October. But again, the speculation right now, and this is pretty mad, a bad omen for future things to come. That once again, we're back, back to that issue where there's just not enough supply for the demand. And we're going to start... Going's gonna start going back up again. You know, That's the fear, right? I've got a, I've got a pretty good idea. I think I just figured out how to buy used graphics cards with no worry. Ready? Here, here's what yeah. you do. Yeah. You yeah. get, you get, one, you find one on Craigslist that you like. When you go to meet okay. with the person, right? Okay. You go, oh hey, mm-hmm. okay, let me check out the card. You check out the card, and then you say, yeah. okay, now take out your phone, go to the search bar, and search Coinbase. If they have the Coinbase app, you dip. That's it. No good. Ooh. What if, what if they just, what if they just traders? All I see... All I see right now is that these graphics cards are on sale, but they're on eBay from scalpers, right? So this one I'm looking at right now is about 80 grand from the 3080 that was released this morning. This, so, is, the, this is the fear I have. 80, uh, grand? This is what, yeah. 80 grand. That's not possible. Who would ever buy that? There was a bit, this is actually, these are bidders actually. So it got bid up to 80 grand. So check it out. I just linked it, but like. No way. So this is like someone's actually putting their money in. Yeah. That so he's right. That cannot be accurate. He's right. That's a current bid of eighty grand. So, and this is U.S. dollars, by the way, for our international viewers, right? So, this is eighty thousand U.S. dollars that these scalpers have are selling it for. Which Dude, I gotta, I gotta look, get into business that. is business. You know, I'm not gonna argue against the market, right? Supply and demand here, but like, it's kind of messed up. <laughs> like, it's really messed up. I mean, I hate to go back to that era. Like uh, foresaid of that uh, the bid mining wars, I call it, um, 
and it, it was horrible. You just couldn't, as someone who looks for great deals and affordability, I was off the GPU market for a while after that. Well, we got two more big news stories. Mm-hmm. Hit us. PS5 has been announced with the prices. So the PlayStation mm-hmm. 5 will be with the disc at $499 and without the disc at $399, right? Oh, well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This is slightly above. I would say that the low end model for the PS5 is slightly above what the Xbox Series S is being offered for. Mm-hmm. But the high, both high end models are actually the exact same price. So this is going to be a very interesting um, holiday season to see, you know, which console really performs better. I mean, will people spend the extra hundred just to get the PS5? Will they not? I don't know. With the services that Xbox has been coming out with the Gamer Pass and everything that we discussed last week, it should be very interesting to see what goes on in the console wars. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess it, that yep. emergency meeting paid off for Sony. I guess so. It, 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 uh, I was there. I watched some of the, the the conference they had where they launched, they announced all this stuff. I, from as a gamer, I was super excited, and I don't know if you talked about this uh, too, but they did the pre-order for this, right? The pre-orders for these already got live. They're sold uh, out, if I remember correctly. They're all sold out, and it's a big. It's in, like I said earlier. What I was alluding to. Um, it's another bad time to be a consumer because apparently they sold out in minutes. Like in like not even for some people seconds. You know, actually, these these are all good signs, I guess. You know, I feel like we're in the middle of a pandemic. Unemployment's still pretty high, but all of these high end expensive gaming devices are selling out instantaneously. Well, right, so. my 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 concern is that they're selling out, but doesn't mean they're selling a lot of units. My concern is that they're actually have what I consider suboptimal. So, yeah, like short in supply compared to what they would have if it wasn't because of the pandemic. And, and that's an interesting theory. No, don't get me wrong, nine. That's an interesting theory. But I guess when the quarterly results come out in January, I think that's when we'll actually get our biggest telltale sign. That, that right? would be the biggest telltale I will, sign. I, I will tell you, I can pr- I can maybe see what you're talking about when it comes to the graphics cards. But for the for the gaming consoles, I mean, just based on the raw number of Instagram and Snapchat stories I've seen of people posting their purchase orders, I don't think that that one's the case. Well, well, from what I hear, right, is that a lot of people who wanted it, like, were like set on buying it, could yeah. even get it. So, like, if you if you don't even have enough to supply to even meet the demand, or even like half of the demand, um, that just lost revenue that that could have no, gone. You're definitely right, but I mean, this isn't new. These are always they always run out of stock to begin with, right? They always under under deliver because I mean that creates true, that but, much, like you're talking about. But, That's how it always works. True. But what happened was, I there was rumors leading up to the uh, last two, three weeks that uh, Sony was in uh, that essentially their their production mm-hmm. uh, units were weren't increasing dramatically, right? And they're essentially said that it might be shorter. Uh, there was like leaks going out that from insiders mm-hmm. saying that Sony were going to have very limited supply during this year yeah. and they're going to pretty much ramp up towards the next year due to the pandemic and stuff like that and they're going to they know they're not going to meet demands so and you know Sony never confirmed this because of course they're not going to confirm it. they're not going to say oh we're, we're short on Playstations right they're just going to cause a panic yep. but it, it, it just puts in perspective like I, I'm not I'm not denying there's huge demand for it I'm just nervous that the supply is a lot shorter than we actually think and even if there's demand for it it's not making the revenue or allowing people to spend into the economy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's my I think, concern. you know, we discussed this before the video game market has been the hottest market since the pandemic started. Like 
you still can't buy a Switch right now either. Yeah. Right? So it's like, it's pretty crazy that we're like six months into the pandemic and you still can't buy a Nintendo Switch, right? Also, the problem that, uh, that criticism is thrown at Sony is that, I don't know if you guys know this, but Sony, um, back when they first announced the PlayStation 5, right, they allowed people to uh, sign up through email. Right, like, hey, we'll we'll email you. We'll alert you when it's available for pre-order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they and they clearly said in their first conference when they announced this was that don't worry, we're not gonna do it within you know 24 hours. We're gonna give you guys time to pre-order. People right? woke up the next morning, sold out. Sold out. And <laughs> apparently, some people, uh, when they got the emails, was like minutes after already sold out, or like even a half an hour. So it, it that's a little. Look, these scalper bots it's... are really good. Right, I have to say, these scalper bots are getting very good. They're evolving. But... They're definitely evolving. But the final story for this week, right? We alluded to it last week at TechCast, but now we actually have the full details and words of all the releases. Apple has had their September 15th event, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's been the most exciting event out of all <laughs> Apple events, right? Nine, I think earlier this week, you, and I quote, said, this was the most boring Apple event I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that was not me. That was another friend of ours who was a huge Apple fan, but I agree with him, and it was pretty boring. I mean, to to be fair, we kind of knew what was coming out, but the leakers weren't helping. Everyone's a, everyone's an Apple leaker these days. Yeah. Uh, your own mother can be an Apple leaker in the disguise at this point, but there people were leaking some some what I would consider pretty credible uh, credible stuff. Like it had some proof, had some just tangible evidence to it. And a lot of it still didn't even get revealed during this event. Um, so maybe in the October event, you know, maybe I, there will be an October event. There will be an October. Event. Yeah, there will be. Well, there has to be an October event. I mean, like the it iPhone, the, the iPhone has to come out. I mean, it's not going to just come out poof tomorrow. It, there it is. It has to be announced. The the question is that like, um, you know, this was a, a it's kind of like if you weren't in a market for an iPad, right? And you're and you know, watchables are. Growing a popularity, but there's still a lot of people who are like, I don't need a watch or I don't need an eye watch, Apple Watch, right? This event pretty much didn't do anything for you. It was just kind of like there, happen, new band, that's cool, new iPad, cool. Yeah. But right, I didn't expect this watch SE. You know, that's actually an interesting. That one, was that was a twist. A, a lot of the leakers from my research um, missed that. Didn't one. see that one coming. Yeah, didn't see that one going at all. I don't think anyone really saw that one coming. That one was a that one was the big surprise for me. Um, and I thought that was interesting that Apple kept us on our toes with this one, right? Mm-hmm. SEs are usually horrible. I, I think the, I think the reason it got swept under, right, is you know, this happens to a lot of like uh, what I consider affordable models, right? Is when they're launched alongside a, a more expensive one, especially the Apple Watch, you can't really tell the, them apart if you were put them side by side, right? If I gave you two watches and I told you which one's the SE. You probably wouldn't be able to be like, uh, that is the that SE, yeah. 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 <laughs> so when leakers got like footage and photos of like Apple Watch models and molds and stuff like that, they probably thought it was all tied to the to the Series Six, yeah. right? And since there was, unless there was like a manual that that like got leaked that said, oh, SE, right? Everyone everyone's gonna be like thinking, all oh, all these everything that's coming out from the Apple Watch R and D is probably for the Series Six. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all for the Series Six. Yeah. But along with this announcement came iOS fourteen and. Four, why don't you go through some of the features that you've been telling us all about with iOS 14, oh, right? We'll ignore 9's beta over the last six months. You know, That's not important. I know, I know we did talk about this in literally our very first podcast episode <laughs> for WWDC, mm-hmm. but I just know over the last couple of days, well, I guess literally since yesterday, um, I've been playing with, you know, their reply features, which I think are really cool, and messages uh, just makes it way easier to, like, okay, so, like, for example, the other day, 
I was replying to something um, like, I don't know, maybe it was like 10 text messages earlier. And my friend in the chat goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, you know, I was referring to that thing from like literally like 20 minutes ago, like 10, 10 messages earlier. And like, you know, that whole tobacco could have been avoided if I was just, oh, let me reply to that instead. So like, it's super convenient to be able to just have replies now and you avoid like those like, huh, what are you talking about? I feel about? like it's not intuitive though. I like it, but I feel like it's not intuitive. And nine, you told me that this morning too. Yeah. Like, it's not as neat as like WhatsApp and Telegram. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it, it definitely needs some major... Refinement. Yeah, and it's weird to me too, because it's not like... It's not it's something like... like a new feature, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like standard. A messenger has it too. Yep. I mean, like... Yeah, it's, yeah you're it, right. It's like a common, I guess, thing. To be fair though, Apple's messenger, as revolutionary as it was during its time when it came out, has been kind of lacking compared to other messenger apps. Yeah. In general. Like the stuff that they, that they added now that we're yeah. excited about have been around for a while. Here's the thing. They never had any reason to do it, right? Because people just continued to use it. The reason those other apps had to add those features is because they're trying to take users. Be they iMessage. want users, right? And unless you give them a reason to leave iMessage, what? why would they ever go to a new platform when everyone they know is on a different one, right? It just it would never happen. You need to incentivize them to do that. So I think that's what True. drove the actual like addition of these cool features and like, you know, the really cool GUIs and the the liking and the replying and like, you know, all these cool things. But you know even- And the biggest thing the biggest thing, right? Like for you said, right? iMessage is drastically different than all the other apps because iMessage is native. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. iMessage is completely native. WhatsApp, Telegram, Messenger, any other messaging app you see Hell, even Android doesn't have their own messaging platform, right? So it's like it, they're all non-native. These are all third-party adaptations. Yep. But iMessage well, is the only native to hardware messaging. I, I, I think that's why I'm a, little, I'm a little disappointed because they have this opportunity of running natively. They know the hardware very well. So you would think they would do mm-hmm. a little more creative stuff with mm-hmm. their own hardware, right? You know, play around with it, really, really push what what Messenger, what the Messenger apps could do if they had, you know, true native support. I think that's always what the Apple dream was about like really pushing the envelope between software and hardware and showing mm-hmm. and showing like third parties like how to if we had control over both what we can really accomplish and messenger has just been pretty lacking in that front but compared to their apple doing in the other fronts besides these been, things right i know personally i have loved the the new pinned message support where i can that's keep, really nice i can keep my messages that stuck at the top of my screen no more like searching and waiting or like having to scroll through to try and find you know the three chats i use consistently um, yeah, and then also within iMessage, I quite like the new group picture features where you can assign a photo to a group. I don't know; it's kind of just like a small little addition, especially since a lot of people already had like contact photos that you had and whatnot. But you know, being able to put like a group photo of you and your group, or like you know, my family chat, I added a family photo. Squad. You know, we mm-hmm. we have a a, a, a three person photo, right? So I don't know; it's a I think that's a small but like nicely welcomed feature by me. Um, and then I know a lot of people were really excited for like the widgets and stuff and the widgets, widgets are, are pretty cool. cool. Don't get me wrong. But, like <laughs> they're pretty cool. I'm not, I'm not going to clutter my main page with a, a weather widget or something, right? I'd rather just swipe to the left. Like I'm already doing for being able to see weather and whatnot. So I probably won't take too much advantage of those unless maybe they have the option to make widgets like smaller or they I mean, do. It would be well, neat if I could like make my weather widget the size of my weather app, and then the weather widget would oh. just replace the weather app. That way, it just shows the, same the current thing, temperature. Though. Well, no, no, it's not quite right because the widget right now takes up four spots. 
Just to show small well, like, If you make see. it smaller, I'm saying like if you make it smaller, it's like the same thing as the weather app, right? Yeah, well, okay, so I, I mean more along the lines of, like, just make the actual widget, which if you click, it actually opens, for example, the weather widget. If you click it, it opens yeah. the weather app. It means, like, how the clock works, the native yeah. clock works. Like, yeah. it tells you the time. That's fair. Which is pretty cool. Honestly, I mean, the, the, biggest thing, the biggest thing with all these things, right, I find widgets the funniest thing that they added, and we talked about this at, back on episode one of our podcast. Wow, guys, go check that out, right? That was our OG episode, WWDC. But we talked about it then, right? I love how they got rid of widgets in Mac OS, yeah. and that was, you know, killing me. I was very upset by that move, personally. They were full but they circle. added it to the, but they added it to the iPhone. So I'm kind of like, well, make up your mind here. What the hell are you guys trying to do? Like, yeah. it, the world wasn't ready for widgets. The world's not ready. Now it's ready. That's why. It was literally just one software update. But yeah, it's ready. Anyway, guys. <laughs> anyway, anyway, this has been TechCast. You know. We love doing these. Like, comment down below. Hit us up on Instagram. A couple of you guys hit us up on Instagram this week. You know, we were really excited to hear from you guys. Mm -hmm. So hit us up on Instagram with any ideas you have or anything you guys want us to collab yep. uh, talk about. If you guys want to collaborate. Podcast at the four two nine podcast. You yep. can find us. You can also find us on the internet at the four two nine podcast .com with our latest episode on our website with us long and with all our social medias: Facebook, uh, Twitter and uh instagram mm -hmm. we're also on youtube and more importantly we're on every single one of the major podcast platforms we're on apple spotify even amazon podcast now right yep. so feel free yep. hit us up and this has been TechCast. i'm two i'm i'm nine i'm four and thank you guys for listening later guys take care guys see you sunday